0: Jody and I ran into you Friday morning you would have noticed nothing different had we engaged in conversation it, it would have seemed to you from casual observation that nothing was out of order when we when we drove from our house to the doctor's office. We engage in normal conversation. She walked out of the doctor's office and we made our way over to the ER. She walked into the emergency room and handed them the envelope that the doctor's office gave her to, to give to them, the information to give to them. Th- there was nothing that seemed out of place. There was nothing that seemed out of order. There was nothing on the outside, that seemed out of rhythm. And yet those who understood what was going on, those who operate as medical professionals, realized this was not a person that could sit and wait in the ER until it was convenient. They quickly assembled this massive cardiac Care team. If you go to the ER at Florida Hospital, there are there are rooms that are kind of small rooms with curtains. There are. It seems every day. In fact, it was this way Friday. I mean, they had people just lined up on gurneys in the hall. Not the case with Jody. They they quickly got her in a room that was a, a larger room that had a door that would close. But but even with that being a larger room, it. I was just, I was two minutes behind her when when they, when they were going to take her to her room. The 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 ER staff person explained to me. He said, "You need to go over and just sign in as a visitor with this man over here." And I, all I had to do was was take out my driver's license, give it to him, and let them take a quick little picture. That th- they they put this picture on the on the on the the stick-on label that they give you. I don't know why they do that because the picture is. It just looks like a gray shadow, right? But it's on there anyway, and, and so I stick that on, and then I make my way to triage room number 23. And it is, it's so full of people that I have to stand in the doorway, right? And I'm hearing them um, confidently, but very quickly, uh, connecting her to machines and, and getting everything ready. Why? Because they knew that something was out of place. They knew that something was out of rhythm whether it be an individual, a family, a church, an entire culture. To the casual observer, it can seem that nothing is wrong. It can seem that nothing is out of order. It can seem that everything is in perfect balance. Everything is in perfect rhythm. And yet, if you look beneath the surface at all, you can, you can quickly find out that that's not the case. Oh, we, we do it. We do it on a regular basis. We, we'll show up for work with a smile on our face. We'll, we'll go to class and present a, a positive attitude. We'll we'll come to church and we'll put on our sunday best and when somebody asks us how we're doing we'll say praise the lord right i'm overcoming i'm living in the overflow i'm i'm doing great but i'm getting even better and, and yet there is this there is this beat of the heart that communicates a very different story. When God created, right, the very first thing we learn about God is his creativity. In Genesis 1, 1, 1, it says this, in the beginning, God created. And so when God created, he created this world that was designed to live in harmony. And it has a rhythm to it. All of creation has a rhythm to it. Our, our ecosystem, it has this balance or this rhythm to it, right? And there's, there's concern. There's notable concern whenever, whenever something gets out of rhythm. Every living being, it, it, has, a, it has a rhythm to it. And life is to be in balance. And when we are living an imbalanced life, it's, well, it's a lot like, for those of you that have been around as long as me, you, you remember this, but long before, long before being able to download songs onto our, our, our iPod or our, our phone, long before CDs, and and even cassettes we would have these in our car we'd have these eight track players anybody else here remember eight track players right they had four different programs a a left and a right stereo on each side that's the reason why it was called eight tracks you ever have where that eight track player got out of balance right and all of a sudden it's playing the left channel of one song and the right channel of a completely different song you go th- this just isn't right. It would be like coming into church on Sunday and in the middle of a worship song, the drummer decides he's going to play a completely different beat and, and and I think that that we we if we're not careful, we can live in that we can live out of rhythm, we can live out of balance and and do it in such a way that we can hide it from the outside world. And we can, we can live in denial and, and simply pretend it's not there. And yet we, we know something's wrong. It, it fascinates me in, this, in, in the moments when God shows up in a big way. I don't even, that, that's probably not even the right term. That, that when we... When we embrace God's presence that is always there, the impact that it has. Let me give you an example. So Jesus told his disciples, it's recorded in in Acts chapter 1, he said, I want you to do this. I don't want you to do anything until you receive the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. But understand this, that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. And, and, and when you do that, you'll be my witness, and you'll be my witness in Jerusalem, Jerusalem Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, you'll be my witness. And, and what's remarkable is this, is on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit fell, here's what we saw. We saw this, there was no one living in Jerusalem. There was nobody that was visiting that city in that moment that did not have the opportunity to experience their expression of worship, to hear the prophetic utterances that God was bringing in the moment, and to hear them in such a way that it connected with them linguistically and it connected with them culturally. The thousands that became believers on the day of Pentecost came from all of these different cultures, all of these different tribes. Friends, the first time we see an outpouring of the Holy Spirit brought one of the greatest moments of of racial reconciliation that has ever happened in history. Why? Because when God shows up in a moment and when his people are living in harmony with his identity and his plan, here's what happened. It, what happens? It works both individually and collectively. And, and we are supposed to live our lives in such a way, we're supposed to let our light so shine in such a way that people see us and they go, God is amazing. So how do we do that? How do we, how do we get there? I'm convinced, I'm I'm 100% convinced that the key is this issue of rhythm, of living life in harmony with the Spirit of God, living life in harmony with the presence of God, living life in harmony with the power of God. I, I, I said it earlier uh, in the service that I'm, I'm so grateful that that the worship expression that we have here at Calvary, that it's an integral part of the soundtrack of my life. God, I, I thank you. I thank you that I can have this understanding that the blood that Jesus shed at Calvary right, that it will never lose its power. I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that that, that, that song, that it's, it's woven into the fabric of who I am. I'm grateful that, that I have songs that for years, for 30 years of pastoral ministry that I've carried in the presence of Jehovah, God Almighty, Prince of Peace, troubles vanish, hearts are mended. Uh, that 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 is that that is who I am, and and when and when my life is in step with Him, when my life is in rhythm with Him, that it works. Here's here's how I get there. And I, I want I want this morning. I, I want to do this more than more than to deliver a sermon i I just i want to i want to talk to you and i want to challenge you i i I, like you i'm a i'm a creature of habit there's a there's a rhythm to my life i i do the same things uh every day so when i well let let me do this when you when you wake up in the morning what's the first thing you do Brush your teeth. What's when you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing you do? Uh -uh. He goes to the restroom. He doesn't want to admit it in church, but he goes to the restroom. That's okay. (laughs) How many okay, how many of you here, the first thing you do, you go to the restroom. See, you're not alone. Don't be ashamed. Okay? So now let me say this. If I'm talking to a men's group or something like that, and I ask them the first thing you you do, typically the first person that I go to, they go, first thing that I do, I pray. And I go, I'm not that spiritual. Okay? Let me tell you the first thing I do. The first thing that I do when I wake up in the morning is I grab my phone, right, and I look at the weather. It's the very first thing I do. I'll grab my phone. I'll I look at the I'll look at the weather, right, and then I'll and then I'll look at uh, a couple of different news um, feeds because uh, that's my way to get to fair and balance. and uh, And then I will. Um, and then please no emails. Uh, and then I. Um, uh, and then i'll look and see social media just to see you know who has friended me or unfriended me in the last 24 hours and uh, based on what i said on sunday morning and uh, and and then i'll then i'll get up and then i'll go to the restroom right and that, that's my that's and it's it it's automatic pilot right i it's it's part of the rhythm of my life we we have this we have this rhythm so curious how many of you like me the first thing that you do when you wake up in the morning is you look at your phone raise your hand okay have you ever had this where you wake up and you did not plug in your phone and your and your phone's dead freaks out doesn't it what am i going to do I, I i don't know how i'm going to function right because it it throws us out of rhythm we, we're, we're used to this issue of the rhythm of our life well One of the greatest tactics that the enemy has is to hijack the rhythm of your life. Let me say that again. One of the greatest tactics that the enemy has is to hijack the rhythm of your life, right? Just to to get you off beat. So how do I do this? How do I keep myself in rhythm? How how do we we keep ourselves in rhythm? Here's, Here's where I landed on a long time ago. I have, I have certain things that I pray for every morning. Certain things I pray for every night, and they're the same over and over and over again. I, I've shared this with you before. That m- my prayer time in the morning, okay. I, here are the things that I pray for. Okay, first of all, I start just praise and worship to God, uh, and then I and then I go to repentance. I, I follow this 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 pattern: pray, pray, P R A Y, praise, repent, ask, yield. A praise, I thank God for who he is. Repent, I tell God, God, I'm an idiot. And, 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 and that's true, okay? Um, ask God, here's, what, here's the burden that's on my heart. Yield, God, okay, I've shared with you who I am and, 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 and what I think should go down, but ultimately, God, I want you to be in charge. And, and that's, that's, my, that's my pattern. And in the ask part, okay, I ask the same thing every day. God, I pray today that you would help me let my motivation be pure, let my methods be professional, let my message be prophetic. Now, now that, that that's that's not that's not a that's not a rhythm that probably would work for you if you're not in you know pastoral ministry. But for me, what I do that that really fits. And then, and then there's two that go uh, that have to do with my family and my marriage. God, help me to help Jody feel like a queen today, and um, help my help me to live my life in such a way that my home was filled with love and laughter. And and I, and I, I pray that every day. I, I add to my prayer time this, I have, a, I have a life quote, and I have a life verse, a life quote and a life verse. Now, my life quote, if you've, if you've been around Calvary, you've heard me quote this. It's a quote from Williams Jennings Bryan, a, um, a, a politician that was around in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And uh, Williams Jennings Bryan said this, he said, destiny is not a matter of chance, it's a matter of choice. It's not something to be hoped for, it's something to be attained. Let me give that to you again. Destiny is not a matter of chance. It's a matter of choice. It's not something to be hoped for. It's something to be attained. And one of the things that I recognize is this. My life, the, the, the steps forward, are not dependent upon the circumstances around me. I, I will not allow myself to become a victim of the act, based on the activities of others. But I, I recognize this, that, that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. And so my destiny is not a matter of chance. It's it's not determined by the circumstances around me. My destiny is a matter of choice. The, The opportunity that God has given me, given me free will to walk in agreement with him or to walk outside of alignment with him. So destiny is not a matter of chance. It's a matter of choice. It's not something to be hoped for. It's something to be attained. And that life quote, it's not greater than the life verse. But what it does is it positions me well to live out what has become my life verse. And, and you saw up there 30 years of ministry, really for 30 years, this has been my life verse. And it's, it's in Colossians, the third chapter. It starts in the 12th verse, and, and they're gonna put it up on the screen and uh, the version that they put up might not be exactly the way that I have it uh, memorized, but here's here's what my life verse says to me. It says, therefore, is God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. So for me, I, th- this verse is a part of my life every day, every day. Why? Because it's important that I stay in rhythm, right? I want there to be a, a natural rhythm to my life. Therefore, as God's chosen people, knowing that... I didn't have to cry out to God and convince him to be involved in my life. And listen, this verse is not a verse that God wrote exclusively to Ed Garvin. This is a verse that God wrote to you, okay? This verse applies specifically to your identity. Therefore, as God's chosen people, see, you didn't have to convince God to let you be in relationship with him. You didn't have to convince God to let him love you. You didn't have to convince God to have his son die on the cross to redeem you of your sins. Before the foundation of the world, God knew you. Before you were fashioned in your mother's womb, God understood you and he chose you. So in that, I can, I can breathe, right? I can, I can just breathe. I don't have to get freaked out about all this and all that because I'm chosen by God. You are chosen by God. And friends, there's nothing, listen to me, there's nothing you can do to change that reality. Right? And so because I'm chosen by God, it speaks value. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy, let me, let me stop on that for a moment, holy, holy, Holy is a word that is so often misunderstood in the Christian community, especially in the evangelical community, right? Because in the the evangelical community, here's what we've done. We have created a theology or a hermeneutic that says this, that your connection with God and your identity is based entirely upon how good you are. And so holiness has become how well we perform in the activities that the church deems to be appropriate. We, that's what we've made holiness, but that's not what holiness means. Holiness means this. It means to be set apart for a consecrated purpose. Amen. To be set apart for a consecrated purpose. To be set apart for a consecrated purpose. I want you to say that with me, are you ready? to be set apart for a consecrated purpose. So when God spoke holiness over you, he didn't speak legalism over you. He didn't speak piety over you. Here's what he said. He said, you have been set apart for a purpose. Now, I don't know if this ever happens in your household, but this will happen in my household, right? Groceries come into the household right? You'll go, hmm, that looks good. No, don't touch that. That's for anybody else have that conversation, right? I'm not alone, right? That's for a special purpose. That's for a special dinner. That's for a, there's, there's, there's some specialty to it. Now, have you ever been the person that got into that, which was set aside for a special purpose and you, you ruined the moment? See, you were being used by the devil, No, no, seriously, that's what the enemy does. The enemy wants to do this. The enemy wants to move you from this consecrated purpose or this special purpose that God has for you and convince you you are simply ordinary. You don't matter. See, I know this. I know that God has spoken value over me. I know that God has spoken value over you, and I know that he has a specific purpose for you, a consecrated or a special purpose for you. And in that, it brings affirmation, it brings understanding, it also, as long as I stay close to God, it brings clarity. God, you, you are ordering my steps. God, you are in charge of my relationships. God, you do rule the activities of my day. And understanding that I want to live my life in rhythm with you. Here's the, here's the best part of that opening statement. Therefore, is God's chosen people holy and dearly loved. Okay, the reason why I get so excited about that is God gives us, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago, God gives us biblically a definition of love. And here's what I know about love, ready? Love hopes all things, believes all things, endures all things. Love keeps no record of wrongs. It always hopes, it always perseveres. It never fails. Okay, what that means is this. I can't mess it up. And God, knowing my end from my beginning, God knew before he chose me, before he set me apart for a consecrated purpose, God knew the miscommunication that I would have. He knew the missteps that I would take, and yet he still chose me and he loves me. So even in those areas, when I start to get out of rhythm, God is there, the Holy Spirit is there to nudge me and go, come on, I'm the Holy Spirit, I'm I'm your counselor, I'm your guide. Isn't that what Jesus said in John 14, when he talked about the role of the Holy Spirit? That, that, That you will receive another counselor, the Holy Spirit who will guide you into all truth. Why then is it that so much of the church Forget the church. Why is it that so many of us gather here today that we get so far out of rhythm and we forget that we're chosen, that we're holy, and that we're loved? Well, here's a a path that, that that can keep us in rhythm. Clothe yourself or, 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 or live, live in this, right? Because our clothes are what we live in. Clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Now, let me say, let me say this. That oftentimes when we'll read a scripture like Colossians chapter 3, we will project it on our relationship with others rather than appropriating it for the way that we connect internally. So let's take a moment and let's take Colossians chapter three and and forget forget about our horizontal relationships for a moment. Let's just talk about who we are in our relationship with God. Clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. God, I thank you that your word says that I don't have to be anxious about anything, Philippians tells me. But in everything, in prayer and petition, with a with an attitude of thanksgiving, that I can present my request to you. And when I do that, that the peace of God that transcends all understanding that will guard my heart and mind in Christ Jesus. God, I don't have to be, I don't have to be consumed by my identity. We live in a world where so many people are angry and they're angry because they're dealing with identity confusion. They're struggling with with their own identity and they're irritated about their perception or misperception about how people view them. That's the reason you get so angry when somebody cuts you off in traffic. Who do they think they are? They don't know who they're messing with. Really? No. Bear with one another and forgive whatever grievances you have against one another. I was 19 years old when, when, I, when I came to have this, I had this epiphany about forgiveness because I was carrying, I was carrying bitterness. I was, I was, I was bitter towards a lot of people. Let me say this, even as a Christ follower, because I I became a Christ follower when I was 15 years old, just shy of my 16th birthday. But at 19 years of age, even as a Christ follower, I was still carrying bitterness and unforgiveness towards God. And my bitterness and unforgiveness towards God was uh, my, my father died just shy of my eighth birthday. And, and that, that just wreaked havoc in my household. And I was still, even though I had accepted God's gift of salvation, there was still this, this angst in my heart towards him. And honestly, um, at, a, at a surface level, I didn't even realize it. I didn't even realize that it was there. But I was carrying this anger towards God. I was, I was angry towards my, my mother for allowing uh, this abusive man into our home. I was angry at my father who died at 48 years of age. I was angry with him. Dad, why didn't you take better care of yourself? My father died of lung cancer. By the way, I never saw my father smoke. He he had stopped smoking 10 years before the the cancer appeared. But he he hadn't taken care of himself, right? And so I was was bitter towards him. I was bitter towards my older siblings that they didn't do more to protect me from the abuse that I experienced. And there, there were there all these people that I had this 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 latent anger and latent frustration. And, and it, I mean it was it was it was in me. And and you know what had happened? The rhythm that God had for my life, somehow, in the midst of it all, the enemy had been able to step in and replace it with a different with a different song. At at 19 years of age, Jody and I, when I had this epiphany on forgiveness, Jody and I were already married. I was serving as the interim youth pastor in a church, ministering to students, ministering to families. And on the surface, everything seemed to be okay. But beneath the surface, my life was out of rhythm. And what that did is this. It muted the light of God in my life. I don't get to 30 years of ministry, and not that I've already attained it, but I don't even get to this place in the journey if God isn't able to get my attention and go, Ed, we need to talk about the rhythms of your life. Forgive one another. Forgive whatever grievances you have against one another. Forgive as God forgave you. Well, as God forgave me, God forgave me long before I ever turned to him. But God, Romans 5, right? But God demonstrated his love for us and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And over all of these virtues put on love, which, which, which binds all of this together in perfect unity. And, and when you get to that place, right? Where you're clothed with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, and you've dealt with the, 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 the relationship struggles in your life, you know, forgive whatever grievance, forgive as God has forgiven you. What that does is it positions you well to let the peace of God rule your heart. The Amplified Version says it this way, let the peace of God umpire your heart. I love that idea. <laughs> right? Why? Because you're called to peace. And be thankful. Let the word of God dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another. As you, as you sing songs As you sing psalms, hymns of praise. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the rhythm of my life. No, let me restate this this is the desired rhythm of my life. I don't think there's a day that goes by that the enemy doesn't throw something into my day, into my world, into my moments, into my relationships, into my activity that tries to knock the rhythm of my life. Most of the time, most of the time, we don't even realize how far out of rhythm we are. But I'm I'm confident of this, and and let let, let, let me me say this, that we, Friday night, we spent Friday night in the hospital, uh, once they got Jody into a room, uh, in the cardiac care wing, uh, kids came up, and we spent some time together, then we prayed, and, uh, I asked Jody if she wanted me to stay at the hospital and she said no and, and there was a side of that that I really felt like I should stay. There was also a side of that as a 6'3 guy looking at the stuff that they have for you to sleep on. Uh, I was glad that she said no, you really need to go home and get some rest because the idea of sleeping on that thing just didn't excite me in the least. At 6'57 Saturday morning Jody text, texted the family and said praise God at 325 a.m. my heart went back into a regular rhythm and um, um, that I, I it, it's hard to put into words um, how that makes you feel. I'll, many of you have been been in similar situations, so you understand. But, um, but here is what I know. I know this. I know that there are. They are in the room this morning. There are those that are watching via media today. That maybe you can't fully describe it, but you know this. You know that something's not right. You're, you're out of rhythm. You, you, you don't have the joy you once had. Um, you're... You're easily irritable. There used to be a a sense of, of expectation for what comes next. And now you almost feel stuck living moment by moment. Maybe you can identify what pushed you out of rhythm. Maybe it was Maybe it was a tough conversation with your employer. Maybe it was an even tougher conversation with somebody that you put a ring on their finger and you said, till death do us part, and they didn't hold up to their end of the bargain. Maybe, maybe for you, it... It's that you were convinced that you were gonna grow old with that person. And you went to a hospital with them and you left the hospital alone. Maybe you have someone in your life that has received a a medal like this. This medal was handed to me this morning. It's, a, it's the Navy Trident. This medal was given to a member, a family member here of Calvary uh, who has served on one of the special forces teams with the U.S. Navy, one of their SEAL teams. And there are men who have received this medal and it was presented to a spouse. Because he said he was going to come home, but he didn't. And you're angry at him for enlisting. You're angry at... Your government for not doing more. You're angry at God for not keeping him safe. It, it was, it was not the plan. Somehow Satan has hijacked the, huh, the heartbeat. somehow he has shifted the rhythm of your life. That's why this moment is so very important. It is often said that the church is a hospital. Friend, this is cardiac care. I tell you, when your heart goes out of rhythm, let me tell you what they do. There are some certain things that you can do. Even bearing down, you can cause your heart to go back into rhythm. They can, they can give you uh, medication. If that doesn't work, they can give you a, 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 a stronger medication. If that doesn't work, they can give you an even stronger medication. And if all those things don't work, they can shock your heart. One of Jody's great concerns was that they would have to shock her heart. You're very glad they didn't have to shock your heart, aren't you? Yes. I don't know if I could have stayed in the room. I don't know if they would have let me stay in the room. I don't know if I could have stayed in the room to watch that. And so I I am, maybe not as much as you, but I'm super glad they didn't have to do that as well. That idea just kind of freaks me out. There's moments that God will bring medication to your soul. Sometimes we get so far out of rhythm that it has to shock our heart. Those of you that have been around, you've heard my testimony. I became a Christ follower. I was hit by a drunk driver. I had getting so far away from God that it, it took a shock to my system for me to even be at a place where I could hear God's voice. As crazy as it sounds, I am thankful. I'm thankful for that drunk driver that lost control of his vehicle and hit me on that rainy September night. Why? Because that was that shock to my system to get my life back into rhythm. There have been moments between 15 and 52 that that my spiritual heartbeat has, has been irregular. There are times that I've been aware of it and I've been able to, and just bring it back into rhythm. There are other times that, that God's, brought, God's brought medicine. Sometimes it's in the form of a sermon. Sometimes it's a, a few months ago, I man, I was out of rhythm and Frank St. John showed up in my office <laughs> and he said, hey, how are you doing? He offered me a, an encouragement and a friendly rebuke. And that was, it was, that was God's prescription to, to, to bring me back into rhythm. And I, I can't, can't tell you how many times over 30 years of ministry, over 52 years of life, that's had to happen. And I'm grateful that that God as the great physician, right? We always, we always refer to him as the great physician. But that God is a great physician, that he, he, knows, he knows just what is necessary to bring my heart back into rhythm. And you're here on a Memorial Day weekend, rainy Sunday. Because even though you may be really good at fooling the people around you, God knows that something's not quite right. And he wants, he wants to bring medicine into your moment. Because friend, I'm telling you, he does not want to shock your system. Let me say that again. He wants to bring medicine into your moment because it does not want to shock your system. So don't miss this opportunity to let God by His Holy Spirit to bring medicine into whatever it is that has come into your life that has taken you out of rhythm.